Oh my goodness, you're so ugly. <laughs> he looked, you know, so swollen. His eyes were, you know, tiny yeah. and slitty. His whole face His was swollen. Yeah, he's just your been squeezed. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I am going to love you with all of my heart forever. And I do. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, Oasa Holstein. I'm a Swedish midwife, a healthcare entrepreneur, and a very proud mother of three beautiful children. I have set out an ambition to let empowering conversations about birth come to life. How we give birth truly matters. I will share my knowledge from helping many, many women through the process of birth. And my aim is that these stories will help you in your preparation for birth. In this episode, we will have the honor to listen to Mariana's very positive experience from giving birth, despite it being prolonged, with some complications arising along the way. And we will also hear her love for the midwives and the important role her partner played for her. This is a podcast with women for women. Mariana. Hi. <laughs> Great to have you here on the Positive Birth Story podcast. Oh, thank you for having yeah. me. <laughs> and it turns out that you and I actually met a couple of years ago yep. when you prepared for the birth of your first child. Exactly. Yeah, you took a Lamas <laughs> class with me. Yeah. Yeah. And it is the birth of your first child that you're going to share with us today, right? Yeah, exactly. How would you describe yourself as a person? And did this um, reflect on how you prepared for birth? Usually I'm quite a last minute person. Um, you know, you give me something and I'll just tackle whatever is thrown at me. However, with birth, I didn't want to be unprepared for this. Mm. I mean, you hear so many kind of stories and, you know, everyone's birth is different. You often hear kind of the horror stories and I kind of wanted to be as well prepared as I possibly could. So, uh, You know, I did the prophylax course mm -hmm. with you, mm -hmm. uh, focusing on breathing techniques and pain relief methods, things you can think about, you know, during giving birth. Uh, so that was good to do. There is another course that you do, um, I think, at the one of the hospitals that I went to, um, you know. so well, I went, Like a general labour yeah, preparation yeah, course. Just about general, the, the yeah, just lot of more labor, ge Exactly. Yeah, it's a lot more general. And I think they covered kind of uh, kinds of pain relief that mm. you can you can have as well. Um, and then obviously, you know, you talk to different people uh, and that kind of thing. So I tried to be kind of as prepared as possible. And what really stressed me was not knowing what pain you experienced during a contraction. So mm. I just wanted someone to tell me, this is how it feels to have a contraction, just so you know. Mm. I almost wanted to go to a doctor's surgery and just be like, can you just inflict the pain on me just for five seconds, just so I can mentally prepare and know how much it hurts. But no one can do that and no one can prepare you. And I think that's what kind of... That is the hard part with preparing for birth, yeah. especially the first time that it's um, it's you prepare for the unknown. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what it is. So what in the preparation that you did, would you say helped you the most? For me, I think it was definitely the breathing techniques and um, having Victor squeeze my hips during the contractions. They're the two things that helped me the most that I'd learned before mm. giving birth. Had you and Victor talked a lot about your thoughts and visions about birth 
Yeah, yes and no. Mm. The thing is, like, I, I knew we couldn't really plan it because, you know, every birth is different. Mm. Birth number one for me was very different to birth number two, uh, for example. So, you know, he just said, I'll do whatever you want me to. Mm. <laughs> and and, uh, and you felt that he would do that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I knew that. So, mm. you know, of course, you know, I felt like I was in good hands already with him. Mm. Um, so just having him there, you know, was of great comfort to me. At what point did you realize that birth was on for real? Good question. When I called the hospital, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and what made I, you call the hospital? I, my um, so my waters uh, broke uh, in the morning uh, together with my mucus plug. <laughs> the mucus plug. <laughs> uh, exactly. So I I was in bed. Nothing. It was very dry in the bed. I woke up and. I realized I needed to get up straight away. And my husband was starting work very early that day. I think it was around five or six. And then suddenly I felt something. So my natural reaction was to take my knickers off. Um, I looked on the floor and there was like, you know, a bit of mess. And I, I don't know what a mucus plug looks like. I don't know what. Did you, you know. actually see the whole mucus plug? Yeah, yeah, it was oh, there, but I didn't know what it looked I didn't know if it was that or what it was you know it could have just been something else you know I wasn't sure um so we called the hospital and uh you know they said well you can come in maybe later if you're still unsure but um uh like throughout the rest of the day you know I didn't really have strong contractions then so I was doing the washing and I was still cooking my husband Uh, went to work and I just carried on with things as normal and then I went to the hospital uh, in the evening just for a checkup because uh, my contractions weren't close enough or anything yet um, they were very mild so then they confirmed yes <laughs> it was your waters either come to us when your contractions get closer or uh, we'll see you in 48 hours as you're not allowed to wait uh, longer than that uh, because of infection uh, or risk of infection And I know this differs from different countries, yep. but in Sweden, where you gave birth, yep. we usually wait 48 hours exactly. in if England. water is clear and you don't have a fever. Exactly. So my water was clear. I didn't have a fever. Um, but what got me worried is that in England, they wait 24 hours. So mm. I had family go, you should be going in after 24 hours and it's not okay. And uh, and then that first night is when my contraction started and they were really painful and came on quite strong. But they were very kind of sporadic. So sometimes it was after 10 minutes, then it was 20 minutes and then five minutes. So uh, then I realized it was getting real. So how did you cope with the contractions during that night? Well, so it was breathing that got me through them because when they came on, they were quite strong, actually. Um, From the very start, right? Yeah, 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 actually they were, which is quite odd, I've heard, but they were they were quite strong. And um, for me, sitting up helped. I couldn't have a contraction laying down. So I'd rest in between and I was just kind of like laying down or whatever felt good at the time. And then as soon as one of my uh, contractions came, I'd just sit myself up. And then, you know, if I needed to breathe, I'd breathe. And if not, then get myself through it. But uh, yeah, so that's that's what I did. <laughs> did you take a shower or did you use some kind of heat or um, anything else to relieve the pain? I wasn't allowed a bath and that's what I really wanted. And I wasn't allowed it uh, because of an infection risk because my waters had broken. But I think initially, oh no, actually I did. I took a couple of showers. I did. Uh, and especially I remember before I went into the hospital, I had one then. But uh, otherwise I just took it very easy because I was at home for kind of... Uh, 
48 hours before I went into the hospital. So, that is yeah. a pretty long time. It's yeah. like a prolonged latent phase, I'd say. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was very long. So bring us back to when you came into the hospital. Yeah. So uh, how often did you have the contractions and how did you cope with them? Um, at that point, they were, I, I think they'd gone back to like every kind of 20 minutes or, or something. So they weren't frequent at all. Uh, so I came in and they did an examination and I think I was only kind of two or three centimeters open and it was kind of the most gutting feeling because you you've you know you've worked for two whole days mm. and then to be told oh no you've still got a long way to go mm. so I was given a drip to to speed up my contractions mm. um and it did speed things up but not so much so I think I was doing something like one centimeter every two hours or something at the time Um, so it was all going quite slow, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I felt like I was so exhausted by the time that I came in. So I was so happy to be at the hospital, and then I actually had three different midwives and, and nurses helping me uh, that day as I was there <laughs> for a long time, and all of them I met were fantastic. But you know, the first one I met, especially, you know, she was the one who gave me that first impression, and I was just so happy to be in hospital, and I felt okay, great, this is this is where I need to be now and I can do this so uh, so how was it for your partner during the time you were home I think he felt a bit helpless because there wasn't really a lot he could do at the time but he was just you know doing whatever he want you know whatever I asked him to if I wanted like a massage or a foot rub or you know he went and did everything for me but I think he felt a bit a bit helpless to be honest mm. but um but he wasn't I mean I found him very helpful and I'm so happy he was with me I would have not liked to have done it alone uh when we got into hospital and my contractions came on stronger he was better than having air and gas then the new midwife comes in and I'm like hi you know introduce yourself and then the first thing she wants to do is just you know have a look and you know you're like okay well I'll I'll open my legs then and you know you're this big kind of dead weight so they help you take down the ugly nets and <laughs> the horrible big nappy sanitary towel <laughs> and at the same time it's kind of is not the nicest feeling but your integrity is still there and they do it in such a nice way and I already felt like within you know her being there She was there for just a few minutes and I already felt, okay, I'm in good hands. This is fine. I can do this. And uh, yeah, no, I felt like after a couple of hours, you know, she started, I think, to notice maybe that I was looking a bit weak and everything was still going very slow. Um, so she got me some food and she came back and uh, she gave me a fork and uh, I couldn't even hold the fork. And we realized something was a bit wrong at the time. Mm. And I think because my water's had broken more than 50 hours ago or something my um uh, I, I'd caught an infection mm. so my fever was over 40 um so yeah a bit of a bit of a slight panic there uh but she put me at ease within you know a minute so she told me I had a fever of 40 and I thought oh my goodness and I said to her you know if I can't even hold a fork how am I going to push out a baby <laughs> and I actually remember being scared of like maybe having to have a c-section and I thought oh goodness I've done all this hard work and mm. now they're just going to have to give me a c-section because I just want to lay down and sleep mm. but they gave me then um some kind of antibiotics or penicillin via the drip and that picked 
pick me up really, really quickly. Um, and then the contractions continued. And actually, I then went ahead and had an epidural, I think, when I got to about five or six mm. centimetres and actually had a 40 minute sleep. Oh, great. <laughs> Good for the you. Epidural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, was that something you had planned to have prior to giving birth? Uh, I hadn't necessarily planned it, but I was open for anything. Mm. Um, I'd heard, you know, various different stories. And I thought, you know, if I don't, I will try and do it without. But if I can't, then I have absolutely nothing against, you know, having it. And seeing as though I'd been having contractions for two days, I just felt exhausted and needed some some proper pain relief. So, uh, so yeah. So Which I went, it sounds like you, you and, got. Oh, it was heaven. Yeah. It was absolutely fantastic. So um, did you listen to any music or did you move around in the room? Or yeah, yeah. So, so... Kill all those hours. Yeah, so... I wasn't really sure, you know, I'd been given like various tips of go in there and meditate or go in there and have a picture of some goal that you want to kind of get to or envision something and get there within through thinking and meditating. But I'm not that kind of person that has a specific thing or I didn't feel that there was something that would help me. So the way I got through it, I tried lots of different positions that mm -hmm. I'd been taught about. Mm -hmm. So I was on the ball and then I was on the bed and then I was on a stool and then I was stood up on this kind of like walker and tried lots of different positions. And then I had music in the background and it oh, was actually music. Yes, it was oh. just the radio, um, but it, it's uh, Swedish radio stations that play some classic and uh, I really liked it. It made me happy throughout the throughout the births. I always say that, that we give birth with all of our senses and yeah. the hearing is one of the yeah. senses. Yeah. So music can totally calm us down or yeah. cheer us up yeah. and or distract us. Yeah, exactly. So no, it was a nice distraction. But um, my my midwife, she, she helped me without me realising. So it wasn't something I could have planned for. But she massaged me and touched me and she did things to my head. And it was just like the nicest thing. I would pay for that normally. <laughs> Yeah. And now you got it for yeah, free. exactly, I did. So, you know, you're going through these terrible pains and then, you know, you've got a break in between. And during this break, you know, you feel normal-ish again. And then, you know, you get this extra enjoyment of massage and, and head massage. And, oh, it was so nice. So, uh, yeah. so we don't talk enough about the break in between the contractions, I yeah. think. Because there is usually always a break in between contractions yeah. where you don't have any pain. No. <laughs> Which is hard to imagine yeah, prior yeah, to giving yeah, birth, yeah. but it's so weird. You have no pain, no, no. pain, and then contraction yeah. comes and it's pretty intense. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and then it <laughs> fades away and you have no pain. No, no. Maybe a little bit out of breath, yeah. <laughs> but no pain. No, and that's so weird, actually, because I think when people, you know, kind of like visualize their birth beforehand, you know, you hear like, oh my goodness, that poor girl, she was in birth for three days or she had a two-day birth. And you think, you know, how did they survive it? But actually, when you have a contraction... Yeah, it's not so nice during the contraction, but as soon as it stops, you can have conversations, you know, if you're feeling good, you can get up and walk, you can do anything, you know, it's just when you have those contractions when it's, uh, when it's tough, but the time in between, it's... Uh I told my midwives, I'm going to be swearing, I'm going to be screaming. Uh, I told my husband I would be, you know, a, a, a witch to him. <laughs> were uh, you? I'd be, no, no. Yeah. He was like, no, you were so calm and, and in control of everything the whole time. And uh, yeah, it was it was actually a nice experience despite it being three days. Like the, 
the the two days at home were tough. I'm not going to lie about that, but my experience in the hospital was was great. You know, I mean, I got a fever that was tough and I didn't feel good, but I was in good hands. And then I remember saying to my midwife, I need to go for a poo. Mm. <laughs> and then that's when she did another examination and I was then fully dilated, but we just needed to wait for my edges to disappear. She was really supportive. I remember her assistant touching me in a supportive way as well. So now you were fully dilated and yep. the babies had uh, had descended down to the pelvic floor and it was yep. time for you to push. Yep. How did the pushing contractions differ from the more active labor uh, contractions? Uh, so the way I, the easiest way for me to differentiate is by saying I felt like I needed to do a poo. Mm. <laughs> um, and that's how they realized kind of, okay, we're we're nearly there now. Mm. Um, you, you, you just feel like you need a great big poo and the contractions are much lower down and it's all, you know when you need to start pushing. You know, some people say, how do you know? But firstly, your midwife's there on hand mm-hmm. to tell you when, but it comes to you naturally and it is something that just happens naturally and you just go with what your body tells you. Did you lean back towards your partner? Yeah, I was leaning back a little bit mm-hmm. on him. So he, I think he had my uh, my shoulders and was That's kind of I massaging. Like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it's so intimate. You're upright yeah. and you have the support of the partner. Exactly. Or the person you have with you during yeah. birth. And it's yeah. very, you feel supported exactly. and strong at the same time. Exactly. For me, it was fantastic. And I guess gravity is like, you know, working mm. in your favor mm. when you're sat like that on a birthing stool. Yeah, you're kind of like perched on the edge of this mm. kind of like half moon sitting stool. And uh, no, it was great for me. Worked uh, fantastic. So you were sitting like that when yeah. Elliot actually yeah. Yeah, came exactly. into the world. Yeah, yeah. so that I didn't I didn't use it at all like throughout the rest of the day. I spent most of my t- time bouncing on a ball, mm-hmm. um, on this walker, and kind of like leaning over the bed, sitting on the bed, walking around. Um, but the stall, I think, I think the purpose is is that it's for giving birth on right yeah it is for giving birth or for helping the baby's head descend if it takes time for the baby's head to descend in the end ah yeah yeah for it's time to actually start yeah yeah but he he came out pretty quick actually Mm. i think i was pushing for 10 or 15 minutes yeah that is my uh, experience too if you uh, yeah i enjoyed using it and i wouldn't have even spoken about it had it not been for (laughs) your call so it was actually (laughs) your suggestion yeah it was my suggestion that's what i love with having knowledge about birth prior to giving birth that you know a little bit more yeah no exactly. what you can ask for yeah do you remember the feeling when Elliot <laughs> came out uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> could you I, describe it uh for me I was relieved um and it's so emotional you know you you look down and you, you know you suddenly see this thing that's been inside you for mm. so long and you know it, it's for me it was shocking in many ways like you're emotional you're happy you're happy it's over the labor's over you're happy to meet your little baby uh and emotions are running well but I remember actually looking at Elliot and thinking oh my goodness you're so ugly (laughs) but I was like I am gonna love you with all of my heart and the, the reason I thought it he was he looked you know so swollen his eyes were you know tiny yeah. and slitty his whole face it's was swollen yeah he's just been vagina. Sque- exactly <laughs> 
so I remember thinking, oh my goodness, you know, and they hadn't cleaned his hair properly. So, you know, there was still, some you know, blood, maybe yeah, some, yeah, blood. Also and maybe it some con- of the vernix. Exactly. Some of the baby fat. Yeah. yeah. So that's still there. And I was like, oh my goodness, you know, you always like expect a newborn, you know, when they're like four days old and they look like, you Perfect, know, so, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that, I think that's what I was expecting. <laughs> but, but, but I, you know, I love him more than anything in the world. And I was like, I remember thinking in that very second as well, I'm going to love you unconditionally. But I didn't think like, oh my goodness, you know, you, you know, parents are biased anyway and they always think their kids are like the perfect kids the best looking kids the best of everything but I remember thinking oh I really don't think you're that good looking but but I will love you (laughs) forever and what happened with Elliot when he was born did they give him to you or place him on your belly or so they gave him to me straight away um, and I got a cuddle um and then I think Victor had him because I'd torn a little bit um so I was laying there afterwards and they were kind of like stitching me up uh I remember that he was then passed on to me and they they just wanted him to uh like suck yeah to latch onto my breast um and then once they'd finished uh stitching me up uh they made me have I think a shower straight away uh and they took out like the epidural cord and you know it's (laughs) you are not looking your best after giving birth you're in the shower I don't know why everyone is saying that because (laughs) as a midwife I don't think we're more beautiful than when we give birth I really (laughs) we glow the hair is thick and the skin is like glowy and oh, I don't know <laughs> or, or you could th- look at it as though you know your vagina's just been stretched your stomach is saggy you, you've been but sweating it's beautiful you have like helped the baby with your own power yeah, into the world I think it's an empowering so, feeling but but the way you look isn't the best but the midwives don't make you feel like that like I said already your integrity is still there even though you're in the shower you're bleeding like crazy the water is red they're taking you know your epidural out your back they're helping you wash a little bit you know they they are so fantastic so my you know my care from start to finish was just unreal and then I got to lay down on the bed and they gave me Elliot and in they come with a tray with two sandwiches and two glasses of cider in a wine glass and the Swedish flag and I was like oh my goodness what is this you didn't know about <laughs> that I didn't know about <laughs> it <laughs> and it just felt it was such a nice feeling and such a nice little touch as well and and then you know we got to uh, to relax in the room afterwards just I think you know enjoy our sandwich and have our have our cider and just lay and be a family mm. so uh, so yeah Was giving birth anything like you had pictured it to be? No. <laughs> in what in what sense did it differ? Um, so, so like I already mentioned, I was expecting birth to be intense. Um, you know, like no break. Um, you know. B- it's all focused on the birth and that you know when you're in birth you can't do anything else but focus Mm. on giving birth but actually you know with Elliot it was almost a three-day birth and there are so many breaks you have time for so many conversations you can discuss lots of things you can still do things you can still laugh in between contractions um 
the contractions, uh, they, they were tough, but with the right technique, um, you know, I got myself through it. After I'd given birth, at least, I f- felt like I could tackle the world. I've like, I've done this now, I can do this. Um, and I think that's the difference. I think not knowing beforehand what's expecting you, I wanted to know how much is it going to hurt? How can I prepare for this? How can mm. I get through this? You know, uh, that kind of stuff. But it was actually, even though it was three days long, it was quite calm, uh, surprisingly calm. And especially when I got into hospital, then you feel like you're completely in good hands. Mm. Uh, and then I was completely at ease. And But um, no, a lot calmer and a lot more breaks than I had envisioned, I think. Mm. Is there one myth about childbirth that you like to kill in this podcast? Yeah, completely, actually. Don't watch the movies and think that childbirth is, is exactly like that because it isn't. <laughs> and I think that's actually the one thing that can scare a lot of people. You watch the movies and I think also like a lot of shows, I think in England at least, they have something called One Born Every Minute. Mm. And I sometimes feel like they focus too much on the screamers, <laughs> you know, people that lose control and things like that. And even though I'm not going to say it was it was an easy thing i'd say you've got this you know for me at least it was uh, an uplifting experience where afterwards i felt i can i can rock this world now <laughs> give me anything and i'll take it <laughs> so did anything in how you reacted or behaved during birth surprise you yeah how calm i was <laughs> ah, the calmness yeah because oh. i i thought i would lose it i thought i like i mentioned i thought i would be screaming I thought I'd be swearing I thought I'd be a monster I thought you know whoever has to you know work with me is going to hate me because I'm going to be a monster to work with but actually I was very calm and I felt very in control no despite having you know a couple of complications and everything it was all very kind of smooth going and Mm. and good So, yeah. so what do you think were the key things for you to have that sensational feeling of being in control? Well, firstly, kind of the staff putting me at ease. So all my all my midwives and their assistants, they talk you through every step and they explain what's happening. Mm. So that very much puts you at ease. Then I obviously had kind of my my breathing techniques that took me through um, through my contractions, mm-hmm. the gas and air. Uh, that helped me initially as well it just takes off that edge and it puts your mind somewhere else it's not like it necessarily kind of takes the pain as such but it it puts your mind in a bit of a a funny place at least Mm. which made me laugh a couple Mm. of times as well yeah (laughs) Um, helps us relax yeah and Mm. then just enjoying my time in between chatting and when you had these breaks making the most of it you know either relaxing or getting a little massage from Mm. the midwife or from Mm. my husband Mm. so yeah I think that's what pretty much got me through it I think I just wanted it to to be done with given it was nearly kind of three days Mm. so my focus was on okay let's let's get this done now Mm. I can do this and yeah that's what kept me calm so Mm. so what was the best part of giving birth for you my my midwife who was with me for the whole stretch of her shift um, what made her so important to you just the way that I felt like 
I was special. I wasn't just another mum or, or mum-to-be that was going to give birth. You know, she's seen this. I don't know how many years she'd worked. She told me at the time, but I've forgotten now. But, you know, say she's seen like eight, 900 births. You know, I didn't feel like I was number 900. I felt like I was number one. Mm, um, she, it felt like she was my friend, you know, throughout, mm. throughout the whole eight hours she was there. And, you know, her touch and her support. And I should mention my husband as well. Who, who was should. Exactly. <laughs> because you talked to me and, about him before. Exactly. Like, he and, was like a him, key person too. He, yeah. Him and his hip squeezing and just obviously his support and being there, like without him in the room, you you know, I'd have felt very alone, even though the midwives were fantastic. You know, he's with me. And again, like when I had those contractions that came on so heavy, he used all of his strength to squeeze my hips in. And that was just the best pain relief ever at the time. So. I love that. Did he have sore muscles today after? He did. <laughs> Good for him. I think he was because shaking. you did too, I, was like, I think. Keep squeezing, keep squeezing, don't stop. <laughs> And he's like, how much longer? I'm like, don't stop. <laughs> so I think he was, uh, yeah, he definitely teamwork. felt it. Yeah, no, Seems exactly. Like a yeah, yeah. yeah, but I still think I'm the one that uh, of course, worked harder than he. You're talking to me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you were the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were the one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so do you think going through the process of birth has changed the way you look upon yourself? Yes and no. Well, I, I think so. But I'm not sure whether it's the process of giving birth or whether it's me becoming a mum. Mm. But I feel, you know, especially, you know, now I have two children, I am so much more confident and, you know, have so much more kind of like self-empowerment than mm. I had before giving birth. And I don't know if it's, you know, linked directly to giving birth, you know, not knowing and getting yourself through this and feeling like, okay, now I can take on anything. If I can do childbirth, mm. I can do anything. Or whether it's becoming a mum, you know, like having children and, you know, no one prepares you for the tough work that it is. You know, you love these little, little monsters more than anything in the world. But at the same time, it's like one of the most exhausting things. But just, you know, getting yourself through this, you know, Everyone deserves a big pat on the back, but I think it gives people kind of like a feeling of empowerment mm. and 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 perhaps confidence. So maybe it's a combination of the two, I guess. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. Definitely yeah. a combination of the yeah. two. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your thoughts. You're very welcome. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I thank you for listening to this episode of the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, Swedish midwife Wasa Holstein. And thank you from the bottom of my heart, Mariana, for sharing your power story with us. I just love hearing about the strength we have during childbirth and that you can have a positive experience despite birth not being a smooth sailing like in Mariana's case. It is all about feeling respected, feeling safe and full trust of the process and the people around you. And I also love, of course, that Mariana loves midwives, because I do too. The way to handle water breaking differs from country to country. Big studies show that in most cases, if water is clear and the woman is not having a fever, it's perfectly safe to wait at least 48 hours before inducing labor, allowing the body to get the hang of birth starting. Of course, induction needs to take place earlier if any signs of infection occurs. This story has now got an eternal life and will be passed forward in aim to help other women in their preparation for birth. 
truly amazing if you ask me. If you want to read more about me and this mission of mine, go to the thepositivebirthstorypodcast.com. To be sure that you don't miss an episode, do subscribe. And in the case you have enjoyed this episode and feel like you want to contribute to a good cause, please reach out to one of my favorite organizations of all times, Doctors Without Borders, and support them in the important and life-changing work they do for women and babies around the world every day. I thank you from the depth of my uterus, and I hope we will come back for more episodes. Bye for now. Bye for now.